From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. I'm Tony Bruschi, along with Jenny Bruschi. Tonight, if you want to call in, the phone number is 855-853-4802. Of course, you can call in 24-7. Leave us your Real Ghost Story, and we will get it on the air. You can write into us as well through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you are not an EPP yet... We ask you to please become one. An EPP stands for Extra Podcast Person. Those folks get an extra podcast sent to them via email every single week as a thank you for helping support our show financially. It's a $5 a month donation, or you can do 10 or you can do 15 Those options are there. I just say whatever you feel the show is worth to you, donate that amount, and uh, that helps keep us alive, put some wind in our sails, and allows us to continue delivering the free version of our show to you, which is the main version of the show, uh, every single uh, week uh, through iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever the case may be that you listen to us. And as a thank you, we give you that bonus episode uh, for, uh, for being the backbone of the show. So please become an EPP if you've not done so yet. We uh, send those uh, emails out every single week, so don't miss out on the next one. We got some follow-up tonight on some of the stuff we talked about, including an interesting concept. We're talking about ghost ships and, uh, you know, ghost trains and things of that nature. Okay. Always liking ghost trains. There is a, uh, someone threw another concept out there, and I'll uh, bring it up here in just a few minutes. Um, and it's interesting, because I, I don't know why we didn't touch on it. It's kind of an obvious one, but it's one you don't really think about all too often, but okay. we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. A uh, new picture was sent into us, and this is up in the gallery section at realghoststoriesonline.com. We call it gallery or do I call it photos on the website? I, I don't even know it's on my own website. I think it's gallery. Uh, I think it's photos. I'm going to find out okay. as the website loads and it's photos. Okay. Sorry. I always say gallery, but yeah, people get the picture. Same thing. Get the picture in the uh, picture. I, oh. I got it. <laughs> I didn't even try to make that bad radio analogy. Uh, so you click on photos. This picture is up there. It's uh, near the bottom. It's called Entity Forming? Question mark. And you have to say it like that. Forming? Okay. Otherwise, really, just you know, you miss the whole point of it. Forming? Um, with a question. Okay. Okay. Try it out. No. For me? No, that's okay. Come on, this is a group exercise. No, <laughs> I just want to see the picture. Uh, I'll read the letter to you first. It says, hey, Tony, I'm sending you a picture that was taken not by me, but by a good friend of mine on December 28th of 2013. Her family had recently moved into a home and had been painting and doing some small remodeling projects to the home that they were just moving into. My friend, whose name I'll withhold for her privacy at her request, was taking pictures around the house and also snapped a picture of one of the little boys she babysits for. She had posted these pictures on Facebook, and I was browsing through them, and I came upon the picture of the little boy, and my eyes immediately went to something in the background. I blew up the picture, and it appears to be an entity forming. You can see the head, which looks to be wearing a hat, the body looks uh, like it's uh, still a swirl of something forming. I sent her a message and asked her if she had seen this. At first, I think she thought I was crazy until I sent her the blown-up picture, and she freaked out so bad she posted it on Facebook asking others if they saw something or if it was, or if we had lost our minds. Uh, most commented and said yes, they did see what we were talking about. I'm sending this to you so you can take a look and decide for yourself. Thank you, Carrie. So, it's right here, is what they're talking about. This entity right over kind of the shoulder of the child, right behind the couch. 
and then it's blown up here a little bit more. I mean, and when you blow it up, it's number one, it looks like it was taken with a ba- bad cell phone camera. So it's fairly pixelated. Um, you know, I can kind I can tell what she's talking about. Uh huh. I'll say that. It's not like I'm looking at this going, where is it? Which I feel that way on some of these where people are thinking they're seeing an entity of some sort. I can see how you may think there's an entity, but I don't know. This is a this is a tough one. I, I your mind is gonna tell you there's an entity there because it kind of does have that shape and form. But because it is such a pixelated photograph and there's a very bright light right above it, um, it really could be any number of things, honestly. I didn't see a person with a hat until after you said a person with a hat. I don't see the hat. And so I think maybe it was more of a psychological thing for me to see it versus, oh, I see it right off the bat. I, the thing is, too, if, if someone just handed me this picture and said there was a kid in it and there is a kid in it, I'd be like, no, yeah, there's a kid in the picture. I don't think I'd be going and saying there's an entity. Yeah. I don't know. But when you point it out, you go, oh, that's interesting. But it's it's so... Unfortunately, the quality of the picture sucks. Okay. That's that's just a reality. I, Carrie, thank you for sending the picture in and, and, and get, getting our feedback on it. But that's the thing. The quality... And it's not that she took a bad photo. It's the, the literally the quality of the photo. The resolution is what I should state. Not, not the photo. The resolution sucks. So that's what really makes this hard to decipher if it's you know, a bad resolution and this could really been, it could have been a lot of things, honestly. It could have been a, a light, you know. But again, when you have entities, in a lot of cases that could be. Well, what I want to know, that she said that they were doing some light remodeling and painting yeah. and stuff. It, it stirs up. It, right, but I wanted to know if they'd had any other experiences mm-hmm. that might make them look for entities in pictures. Sure, I mean, that would be interesting if there's other things going on in the house and then mm-hmm. this thing shows up. Then you got to think a little bit more of a case. So, Carrie, write back in and let us know about that, yeah. uh, what your thoughts are. You know, it almost looks like someone wearing a surgical mask is what I would say before I said hat. Really? It's Michael Jackson. It's not Michael it's Jackson. It's the ghost of Michael Jackson and there's a kid in the picture and he's showing up. <laughs> See? Surgical mask. See? It's Michael Jackson. Okay. No, I don't know. You be the judge. Let us know what you think. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Click on the photo section and you will see it in there. And again, remember what I, what, what I named it? Entity forming. Oh, With yes. Question, we can't forget that. Question mark. So just so you know. Uh, another. Uh, the, this is what we're following up on. We were talking about ghost ships, ghost homes. Uh, this one says, what about ghost planes? Hmm? Has anyone ever seen a plane with their eyes or on radar that just disappears at certain locations? We do get ghosts who are at different levels than ground level. So what about ghost planes? You don't really hear about ghost planes all that often. No, you really don't. You've heard about flights where the, you know, it's people who are in the planes and suddenly get transported far, 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 far off course from where they were. Or they all disappear at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Multiple planes, I mean. Sure. Um, There's a lot of stories of that, but it's, you don't hear a whole lot from the ground of, hey, oh my God, what, what is that flying over? You know, (laughs) there's. Well, here's the thing, especially for you and I, we live in what's 
quote unquote the air capital of the world mm-hmm. and at any given time you can look up and you can see three or four planes going different directions at different altitudes sure. and so even if we heard something or saw something we would probably pay so little attention to it we would never even notice if it were a ghost plane or not the only time we notice mm-hmm. is when somebody's coming in hot and low and then it, they're they're way too loud and, and you're yeah. like wow the thing that's interesting about when you hear stories of ghost ships or ghost trains, they tend to, in a lot of cases in the stories that you hear, look as if they are physical objects. They're, they don't necessarily look like they are uh, an entity or an apparition of a train or a uh, So they're boat. not semi-transparent. No. They're pretty solid. So if you, you know, if you're in an area where there shouldn't be a ship and suddenly there's a ship there... Um, I mean, and when they disappear, they tend to disappear like into a fog or into a mist. They don't tend to just disappear, okay. you know, like apparition appear, disappear. Um, so if we're going to talk about ghost planes and if it's another piece of machinery, essentially, that would be showing up and disappearing. I don't know that it would really stand out as being a ghost with the amount of planes that are in the sky. Um, you know, if it comes in and out of clouds, you would probably just think it's another airplane. You know who might be able to enlighten us some are some of our listeners that are cross interested in ghosts and paranormal and also in ufos because i think if if it were a ghost plane truly that couldn't be identified or wasn't picked up on radar or was and they didn't know what it was that would fall under more of the ufo category sure because not all UFOs have to do with aliens. It's so, just an unidentified flying object, so right. really it could be an airplane. That's... So maybe some of our listeners could fill us in on anything that mm-hmm. they've heard of like that, because yeah. I haven't. That'd be really interesting. If anybody has any insight, please give us a call. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller at 855-853-4802. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Amanda calling again from upstate New York. Um, I actually just heard the episode where you played my clock from before. Um, I only update my podcast once a week, so this is me just hearing it now. Um, as far as that noise in the background, that's nothing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When I called before, I was in my truck in my office parking lot, and the guy that works the grounds was trimming the bushes. <laughs> So that's why you heard it off and on. He was cutting branches and then eventually walked away. <laughs> I had not quieted as much as possible, but I'm sorry about that. Nothing paranormal, unfortunately. Um, but that's all that was. Um, but I did actually have something else that's been going on. Uh, I actually emailed from the site before with things that were happening at my mom's house. I had to house sit and dog sit for her like a month or so ago, maybe two months now. And um, there was things happening all the time, all night long. Like I got almost no sleep the entire time I was there for that week. Um, Like I said, I messaged through the site and it's a very long email with everything that went on. Um, footsteps, chairs moving, the dogs barking all night long at nothing. It's just, it was ridiculous. And yesterday I went to my mom's house and she was telling me that it's just not getting any better, that it's still constantly happening, that the other day she woke up and 
at the island we have shoe stools and then we there's a divider between the living room and the dining room where there's two more stools at the kitchen island where there's already two two stools there was a third one there and that's about six foot difference she didn't hear the chair move at all during the night so she's not sure what that is she's had so many issues at first we thought it might be my stepdad my stepdad passed away in the house in march of 2012 he had been battling cancer and he he like i said he passed away in the house it was awful i actually ended up having to help move the body which was something i never in a million years thought i would have to do and yeah but um since then there's been things going on there were things going on before that but it's gotten noticeably worse. Um, <clears throat> when he first passed, she would talk out loud like she was talking to him. She would say his name, she would talk, and we we would kind of roll our eyes because we're like, there's something here. I don't know if you want to do that, but she did anyway, and we never really said anything. We just encouraged her to take her time and, and deal with this in her own way. And with everything that's been going on in the house and how frequent it is and just the constant noises, things moving on their own, I said to her yesterday, I don't think it's him. I don't think it's my stepdad. And she's like, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know what it is. She's had keys be sitting on the kitchen counter and they've just flown off and landed in the middle of the dining room. Um, The email that I had sent you, the broom had gotten thrown into the kitchen from the position that it was in for over a day and just flew out of the out of the spot it was in for no reason. We have no idea why. And I tried telling her that we need to figure out something. I don't know what, but she doesn't know what to do. And I, I don't know what to do either. And I just hate seeing this constant going on at her house because it does bother her and it is affecting her and it's affecting her sleep and like I said the dogs bark like crazy it's all night long when I was there house sitting it was all night there it was just never ending you would get comfortable enough to attempt to sleep and then five ten minutes later there'd be something else happening or nothing the dogs would just go to one spot and stare and bark and bark and bark and bark and it was just absolutely it was awful I don't know <laughs> I don't know and I know you guys are a great outlet and I know you guys have some amazing people who know things more than I do because I just I don't know what to do and I don't know what to do to help her um I am going to post on the forum it's just every time I mean do I forget but <clears throat> so that's that's just another thing that's going on. There is way more stories. Um, not as sweet as the last one with my grandfather. There's been some things that have gone on that have left me absolutely terrified. Um, like I said in the email I sent, I I had told you guys that there was footsteps um, that came to came from the kitchen to the doorway of the living room and just stopped. And there was nothing. And then it the steps just walked back out like it felt like somebody was staring at you when somebody's staring you can tell they are staring and it just felt like somebody was staring me down and it was terrible I couldn't move I had the phone in my hand I thought about you Tony and I thought about calling but I the hair on my arms and I had 
standing and I had goosebumps all on me and it was just absolutely terrifying. I thought originally somebody was breaking in the house, um, but I'll have to call back. I, I know I'm all over and I'm jumbling everything. I'm on my break again, so I had to make this quick, but I did want to call and let you know that sound in the first call was nothing but just a garden tool. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I will call back and be more thorough with my explanation. I just, I only have a short amount of time and I had to call before I forgot. So have a great day, guys. Thank you for what you do. Bye. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story with us. We really do appreciate it. And thank you for filling us in that that was a garden tool and not an EVP. It's always good to know what, what it is, you know, because some of us just sit and wonder. And it's nice when we get a call back saying, oh, it was just nothing. Yeah, that's good because it will be examined. We have, we have a very loyal community that like scans all of our episodes for EVPs. And it's funny, I've been going back and forth with some folks on the, the message boards and the forums going... They're saying, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And bravo for being so thorough. And I'm giving my opinion on it. And it is what it is. It's one of those things where some folks are going to hear some things. Some folks are not. I, like I said, admittedly, I don't think I'm the greatest at at number one, deciphering an EVP uh, on a good day. Um, And I'm certainly not good at picking them up when they're like really buried, which some of them have been pointed out seem to be very buried. Yeah. But maybe some are out there that some folks have been hearing on the show. In my opinion, I I don't think we've... Well, other than than, uh, the the situation with uh, uh, our friend in Chattanooga, that was an EVP. But but as far as... Kelly. And Kelly, yeah. Yeah. But as far as us talking in the studio, I haven't gotten anything there yet. Anywho, going back to her story. Okay. Um... I think that it, it's interesting. I'm going to guess that there's something that was almost trying to make itself known and was seeing it as a window to make itself known when your mother was essentially grieving for her husband and in her own way. And people do that. They talk out loud to their loved ones who have passed. And unfortunately, I think that can also be a invite to for something dark to come in there and go, oh, I'm going to make him think that this is that person, and right. essentially, it's an invite in. Yeah, I agree. So, um, has she said, and refresh me, has there been anything dark, dark that's been going on with these things, other than throwing of keys and kind of poltergeist-ish activity? It sounds mainly like poltergeist activity and footsteps and, and disruptive you know, just general disruption yeah. that's not allowing them to just get rest and function like a normal person. Yeah. I, the the scary thing is when those things happen, you got to be careful because it, it, it seems like it's looking for essentially acceptance or recognition. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize that it's there and if you bring somebody in, and this is where I don't suggest doing, I don't suggest bringing in a medium, I don't suggest bringing in a psychic or a ghost hunting team to try and call it out. Um, because I think that would increase it. Okay. Um, I think it's looking for the recognition. And if it is something dark, it can then transition itself into other stages of infestation of that home and even into people. So it's hard to tell. I mean, but it, it does seem to be a bit malevol- uh, malevolent a bit. You said now, it. Yeah. Is it. I mean, a little bit. I mean, not like 
doing not hurt, hurting things, but if it's causing, you know, mm-hmm. not letting you sleep, not I don't think that's the ghost of a father. Right, right. It seems like there's some other intent going on there. So I have a question. I don't know that I've asked you this before on air, but what are, you, what are your thoughts when people say that they tell it it has to leave? This is not your space. You have to leave. I think in some cases it can work. Okay. Um, I think it just really depends on what that entity is and what that spirit is. Okay. Um, I think it went usually if it's, and this is just my opinion, this is just based on essentially the experience of the stories that we've heard. Um, I think in a lot of cases where it seems to be something that was human, um, that's haunting, um, in most cases it respects that and goes, okay, I don't want to, you know, because it it's ha- essentially has the mindset of a human being. I don't want to be somewhere where you don't want me. I don't want to hurt you. Um, unless it really is trying to get a message across or something and it's on a mission. But usually then it's it's not doing stupid things like pushing keys around or something. Yeah. It's actually trying to get a message across. Um, when it's something dark, um, I, you know, that, that really varies. In some cases that can go away. Um, in other cases, it takes a lot more. You know, it, it could go into the realm of having some sort of an exorcism done on the home, some sort of blessing done. Uh, to make it not want to be there. Um, we've heard a lot of cases where homes, you know, just get blessed, uh, either with holy water or, or whatever, uh, you know, the items may be, um, based on whatever religion the individuals are. Um, and it's usually the inside of the home that gets blessed. And then the outside is not. And you still hear the stories of, well, the weird dark entities we're seeing in the house are no longer in the house, but we see them on the porch. Yeah. Or we see them out in the yard. So they're still there trying to do stuff, but whatever it is is repelling them out. Okay. So I really think it depends on a case-by-case basis of what what will and won't work. Okay. Fair enough. Any thoughts? Well, I just didn't know if it, when you tell it to leave, if that's enough of an acknowledgement that it is there, that it sees it actually as an invite. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, like as a record. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, there are cases where, you know, you bring in uh, either you yourself ask it to leave or there's cases where you have the uh, a priest or an exorcist or whatever come in and, and try and get it to leave and it doesn't leave. And if you lose that battle, you just stirred it up even more. Okay. Essentially, and it's like a hornet's nest. Like, I'm going to try and get rid of this. I'm going to spray the hell out of you with this anti-hornet spray. Oh, it didn't kill them all. Now they're really pissed off. Now they're chasing you through the yard. Exactly. So that's kind of, you know, you never really know what you're dealing with. So that's just my thoughts. Okay. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Here's a letter. It says, hey, guys, love the show, and I'd love to share my story with you guys. I was a five- to seven-year-old girl. I'm now 15, and I still remember my experience like it was yesterday. I shared my room with my sister, who was 14 or 15 at the time, and my bed was facing out towards the hallway that would lead to the living room. And mind you that my experience was around Christmas time, being a five- or seven-year-old girl. I believed in Santa Claus. And this was a frightening experience to me. I woke up from a deep sleep, and I sat up on my bed and looked out the door to the hallway. The door was always, or most of the time, open. And I swear I saw this black-like object that you couldn't see through, a shadow. It was so still, 
I thought it was my brother because he would come home late at night from a friend's house sometimes, so I thought it was him for a second, called out his name, and told him to go to bed. I said, Jose, go to bed, it's late. The shadow didn't move to look at me or move from the position it was at. I then looked over at my sister, sound asleep, and called her name to tell my brother something. I was literally yelling her name, and she's a very light sleeper, so I have no idea why she didn't hear me. And it wasn't like her to not answer me when I called out her name. I went to look back out the hallway. The shadow was still there. I even looked at its belly to see if it was breathing, but nothing. So I tried to go back to sleep without, without looking back up. I also felt that I was being watched most of the time by something or someone. I also had said something. I don't remember exactly what I said, but something along the lines of, Go away, I don't want to see you again. And we were moving out when I said that and nothing has ever happened since. I haven't told anyone until years later. I haven't told my parents till this day, but I did tell my brother and my sister, and they seem to understand because not much of my brother uh, had experienced a lot, but my sister had seen some of this activity as well. We've experienced something in the same areas of each other. Thank you for reading my story. So... I wonder if the sisters saw the shadow person as well, or... I don't know. We didn't make that very clear, so I don't know. But it I, sounds like it did see something. Do you think it was controlling the sisters' sleep as far as whether or not... Yeah. The, the little sister could wake the big sister up? Yeah, I think in some cases it can do that. And I also think in some cases if it's sucking that much energy to make itself visible, mm-hmm. um, I think it can also suck sound. So without even like really doing anything at all to the sister, you know, not getting into the sister and manipulating her from not hearing it, but literally absorbing all those sound waves, essentially kind of like a black hole. Okay. Um, And the sound, while the person speaking thinks they're talking very loudly, and in reality they are, it's not vibrating the way it should be because this entity is using that energy. Okay. And it's not reverberating anywhere. So I could see that being the case. I mean, and that's interesting because almost, you know, when you hear about these these shadow people, it's always described as blacker than black, like a a shade that you can't comprehend until you see it. So dark. And that to me almost sounds like a black hole type thing. And if that's the case, I mean, maybe that's exactly what it's doing. It's, It's just sucking up all of the energy around it. And that's where the sound goes. Could be. So... Just some thoughts. There you go. 855-853-4802. The phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online with your real ghost story. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you are on the air. Good afternoon. My name is Alfonso, and I wanted to tell you a story about when I got married on the Queen Mary. Uh, My wife at the time and I got married, and stayed at the actual Queen Mary and we had a room and the hallway just looked extremely creepy. It looked like, you know, straight out of the movie, The Shining. You can close your eyes, walk around. I mean, you know, just spin around and you can totally get lost. Um, the hallways looked like it went on forever. Well, anyways, 
we made it to the room and I was in the military. I took off my uniform, went changed into my civilian clothes and uh, we were about to get ready to go to bed and um, I was very meticulous about how I hung up my uniform. I had the shoes, you know, put together underneath the chair, hands folded a certain way on the cushion and laid my class A jacket around the backing of the chair. Well, when we got up, I noticed that it was not on the chair. Everything was folded up differently. Uh, the shirt was inside the closet hanging and um, the shoes were next to the bed and the pants were folded over the backing of the chair and the jacket was laid over the cushion. I thought my wife was playing a joke on me because we all knew or heard about the rumors of the Queen Mary about how haunted it was and she swore up and down that she did not touch it and uh, I sure didn't and um, after that um, we packed our stuff up and got out of there extremely quick and went on with the rest of our honeymoon and uh, yeah so that was my story and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it um, if uh, you want to know anything else feel free to give me a call at 661-90 yeah, and we'll cut out the rest of the phone number there <laughs> <laughs> five, five, five. Five, five, five. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Ghosts on the Queen Mary. I uh, I buy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's one of the very, very haunted places out there. Yeah, to me, the story was not about whether or not something happened. It was just interesting what, yeah, what happened. You knew you know? something was going yeah. to happen. Um, so, would you leave the ship? Oh, yeah. Really? I would. We're in the room, and you hang up your dress or something, and then it's like, move to the other closet, or or just something that obviously we did not do. That would make you want to leave? I think so. That's it? Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would be comfortable on that ship if I didn't have an experience. <laughs> I would just be uncomfortable on that ship just because of the way I am. So we can't ever stay on the ship? Nope. Sorry. But I really want to stay on the ship. You go right ahead. Okay. Yep, you do that all by yourself. I'll get you a room at the La Quinta down the road, and uh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on the ship. That's fine. <laughs> I, I just don't think I would get a night's sleep at all. No. No, I don't think so. At the very least, we have to tour it at some point. Yes, we can tour it. Yeah. That'll be fine. And if the tour ends up being that we're staying on the the ship to get the full tour, that's part of the tour. No, that's not the full tour. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of some way to convince you to yeah, but anyhow. Um, great ghost story. I've been wanting to hear that because you mentioned that uh, in a letter or a previous call, and I've been really looking forward to that story, so thank you for calling in and sharing that. I'm always in, enjoying stories of ghost ships. So. Well, and you've talked about wanting to go there for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Jerry writes in, The house that I spent my teens in was built in Colorado at the beginning of the last century, around 1900, and was later added on to in the 19... To really understand this story, keep in mind, it has an old and newer section to it. The only death I was able to document in the house was that of a little boy about 10 years of age that passed from influenza in the epidemic of 1918. He and a few others had been seen or felt in the older part of the house, but nothing in the newer portion of the home. But this is not the story. A little layout of the place would help to visualize the house. When you walk in the front door, you're in the living room. Off to the left is a dining room and a doorway that leads to a small hallway to your right. That was mine and my brother's bedroom. To the left was my mother's and stepdad's bedroom and a bathroom between the two. The kitchen was off the dining room that led into a small pantry in the back door in the basement. My sister's room was off the living room, which is important because the ones that are in the older part of the house stay there. They don't like to cross into the newer parts of the house. So to begin with, I and two other brothers that were older than me shared a room that we never had a problem with. I say this because the first thing out of people's mouths after I tell this tale is, you went through a fear cage thing or or carbon monoxide. I don't know what fear cage thing is. I don't know if that's an autocorrect or not. But carbon monoxide makes sense. Yeah. Uh, This is not the case because 99% of the time you felt fine in the room. And that part of the house. Well, one day, I came home from school, and I was already, it was already dark outside and snowing. I was about 16 and was ready to drop my books and forget them when I literally ran into a shadow thing in the center of the room. Not by it, not past it, but into it and bounced off of it. This thing was well over six foot. I was about 5'10 then, so what I meant is it was tall. And it was like slamming into a brick wall. There was no giving. You did not see it in your peripheral vision. It was not running against the wall or ducking behind anything or playing peekaboo with you. It was in the center of the room and in your face. It was like a cutout of some kid's black paper pad. No light came through it. It was pitch black in the room. And this thing was darker than the blackness. Lying there on my back, looking up at it, I could make out no eyes or any facial features or anything else. It was like it was just flat, but there was one thing I could understand that it was pissed off. It was like running into something that hates, fears, or covets all that humans have and is 345 pounds with an attitude. I wouldn't call this thing a shadow person. I would call it real fear. Well... I ran, and when you're 16, you can run. I had seen it a few other times, and so did my brothers, but did not see it in the same way. That's it. So he bounced off of it when he ran into it? Like it was a physical being, like a large bodyguard or something, or bouncer. Well, that's new. I've not heard of that before. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But again, there he is describing it, and that sense of just being so extremely dark yeah you know i don't know why but i've always imagined that you could like walk right through them not that you would want to but like they were just Mm -hmm. like any other apparition 
I don't know that a lot of people try to, you know, charge a shadow person. Well, yeah, but I just, I don't know why, but I always just had sure. that thought about it. And you would, I mean, because you, you think of them kind of as like a mist-like thing. And we've heard stories of people like punching a ghost or something when they see it like approaching their child or a loved one. And they're essentially, you, your reaction is to try and fight whatever it is. And then essentially they do, they just go right through it and the uh-huh. thing disappears. Um, that's interesting that it was like a solid object that was there and gone. That makes me afraid of them even more. <laughs> yeah, I would avoid them if you happen to see one. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> that's that's the month of November. It's Shadow Person Awareness Month. Oh, that's okay. right after Ouija Awareness Month. That sounds good. So we'll we'll be talking about that in the coming coming weeks. <laughs> okay. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hey, how's it going, Tony and Jenny? This is Rico giving y'all another call. I was uh, trying to catch up with y'all and let you know about the uh, last time I, the first time I ever called y'all, like let y'all know about the story about the sweep in the floor of my grandmother. Well, um, the story about my grandmother, uh, when I was little, there was always so much negativity that was going around in the circle of like the whole family. Uh, so many bad things were happening, we never really understood what was going on completely. Um, like I said, we saw the lady sweeping the floor. We found the pictures and everything else. And when my aunt would babysit me, I would see like shadowy figures, like in the hallway, like the, like they talk about in some of the other uh, calls about the shadow man. I had seen that when I was when I was little, and it creeped me out. But I really thought it was just like a person that was walking by. Well, the more I listen to y'all's show, the more I realize that some of these things are all starting to make more sense to me. Um, when I used to be, when I, when I was younger, my mom and dad, uh, they when they moved to Parker County, uh, my grandmother ended up living with them because she was getting a little bit older and she couldn't take care of herself. And of course, her house had burnt down uh, due to whatever reason. Well. I remember there was many numerous occasions that where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I had to go downstairs uh, from my room to where I was sleeping and I would, you know, in the middle of the night go to the restroom or go get something to drink and I would hear somebody talking very loudly and I would walk past my grandmother's room and she'd be walking back and forth on the edge of the bed with a candle lit having a full-on conversation with somebody. And it really just creaked me out. I didn't understand why she was doing that. And uh, I had, I would kind of ignore it at first and everything. And then uh, there was another occasion where she was rocking back and forth on the edge of the bed again, talking to something. And she, she was talking in tongues and it didn't sound like, she usually spoke fluent Spanish, but this did not sound like anything I had ever heard before, and it was just really strange. So one day, we were sitting at the table having dinner with my parents, and I had asked her, um, what's going on? Like, I heard you talking to somebody last night, and she would say, oh, no, I'm, I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, you know, she would kind of just, like, downplay it. And it really bothered me that she would not be really open about it. And one day we were going to have dinner. My little brother, we were probably about 
I was probably about 15. He was probably around seven years old at the time. And uh, we were having dinner, and my parents had told him to go wash his hands. And where he went back to his back room, which is next to the next to my grandmother's room, where she was, where her where she was like sleeping. And uh, he went back there, and he comes running back out to the uh, where we were having dinner at. And he looks frightened. He's white as a ghost, and he's scared. And my dad was like, "What's wrong with you?" My dad's a police officer. And my dad, my dad automatically stood up and was at was questioning him like, "What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Why you look so upset? And what are you scared of?" And they thought it was me because they I used to let him watch scary movies with me and stuff like that. But I could tell that something was really bothering him. Well, what happened was is my we were sitting at the table, and my dad gave him a piece of paper and a marker, and he said, "Draw what you saw." And basically what he drew was a black shadowy figure that he said he saw in his closet. And to this day, he claims that he really did see that. And, uh, I mean, this is a seven-year-old kid. He hated going into his room. He didn't like opening his closet. And I think there was something going on during that time because ever since my grandmother was around, there was always, like, weird things happening and I think it's because it had something to do with her talking to the spirits and I think she was a believer in a lot of these things and uh, I just don't understand like why most of these things were happening but then uh, she lives in an an older people's home right now and um, here I am I'm 33 years old and I haven't heard or seen anything. Every once in a while, my dog will bark at the at the window or the door, and something that's not there. But I kind of ignore it. Uh, but listening to y'all show, it makes me realize a whole lot of different things that are out there and around. And it just makes me. It, it's very interesting to me, and I can't stop thinking about it. <clears throat> well. Also, another thing really quick, uh, I had dated this girl maybe about a year and a half ago, and she had told me um, maybe about seven months into the relationship that she uh, had this boy that would follow her or talk to her. He was always around, and and it scared her, but she was afraid to tell me. So when I started sharing these stories with her, it kind of changed things a little bit. Well, there was always so much negativity going on around her when uh, she was always in a bad mood, always when she was in her living room. And I never understood. Uh, I, I, I tried to like go back and think about the things, like what could it be? And so I had to ask her, I was like, what was the oldest thing that you have in this apartment right now? And basically it was a rock Um, It was almost like this, like, vintage stone-looking rock that had been given to her when she was um, about four years old. And once she got rid of it, things started clearing up a little bit for her. Uh, She stopped being in a bad mood. She stopped getting headaches. And we just thought it was really weird once we got rid of it because we took it to the dumpster and put it in a box. But I told her in a laughing matter, I was like, wouldn't it be weird if it just showed back up in the living room? But it never did. Um, but once she got rid of it, things got better. So 
Uh, that goes back to like the different antiques and stuff like that that goes on. I don't know. It's just really strange how some of these things happen. But uh, uh, thank y'all again. Y'all have a great day, and uh, thank you again for the show. And uh, y'all keep up the great work. And uh, I'll call y'all again. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I have to say the show has sucked all the fun out of antiques for me, <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. Um, that is interesting that you guys both saw it. I wonder, did you tell your little brother that you saw it too, or did you just let him think he was crazy? <laughs> he still hasn't told his little brother. He still laughs and points at him. Yeah. I wonder what grandma's doing. You think so? You think maybe some questionable things? I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to insinuate that like grandma's into like some sort of dark something because I, I don't know. Um, but I've heard, you know, in more cases than not, on stories that we get into the show, some very famous cases that exist out there. Very surprising. Uh, things being done by relatives okay where where folks are just shocked that their loved one uh, is into a certain thing once they do a little investigating as to why the hell this and that's going on around the house and they realize they have a ghost or something Mm -hmm. and they they dig a little deeper and they leave no stone unturned and it turns out one family member is doing some sort of Ritual or practicing something, and or maybe something that they think is innocent, but actually, yeah, invited which, something in. Yeah, which that could be the other case too. Okay. Um, there's there's times like that where they just don't realize what they are doing, mm-hmm. um, and what it could be doing to affect the rest of the the family. Although sometimes in some stories, it can be shocking where they're well aware of what they're doing. Um, and again, I'm not saying that your grandma's doing something with ill intent. But I'm saying I don't know either. Um, sometimes that is the case in some stories. Okay. So, I mean, uh, we're hearing today uh, the children from Amityville that are speaking about this. And they're saying their dad was into some stuff that he never talked about when he was alive. But two of the boys are out saying, oh, no, he was doing this stuff. Their stepdad, George. Okay. And it's hard to... You know, say yes or no or believe either side. I mean, if you believe the case or not, there's a thousand levels of it. Um, But, uh, you know, because George is dead, he can't defend himself at this point. Yeah, that's true. But both of the kids are, you know, and there there are, there's three kids, two are actually speaking. Um, So that's one of those cases. Um, One of the cases on our show that uh, we're just kind of letting rest for a little bit because it's getting pretty dark. Uh, there's some interesting things there um, that are kind of along those lines. Okay. So um, it does happen. Yeah. It does happen. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us. We would absolutely love to hear it. Here's a letter from uh, Kenner. Hey, guys, usually when uh, talking about people who are sensitive, you guys bring up the question of the afterlife and how that transition is set up. I, too, have been plagued by the curiosity for as long as I can remember. Listening to your show has also made me reflect on the experiences that I encountered when I was younger. And surprisingly, it has caused me to realize that I may be categorized as one of those more sensitive than others. 
It's one of those things that at the time I couldn't see the full picture nor the similarities of when it was occurring until after the fact. Naturally, I have a few stories I could share, but for now I'd like to shed some light on the debate of what comes next once we depart our bodies and spark some more conversation on the topic. Aside from feelings, which I can't exactly describe, I've only seen two full apparitions. Both instances overwhelmed me with emotion. The first caused me to cry for what felt like no reason, and the second literally kept me up all night. I just did not sleep. However, for the third component of my sense, it would be dreaming. For example, when in high school, I stressed over my grades. One summer, I was particularly nervous. The last report cards were always mailed home. I just wanted to be the first to proofread it before my parents, so one night I continuously thought about my report card in hopes to dream about it. Well, that night it worked. It was a rather lucid dream, too, because I was able to check the mail, then return to the house and check the calendar on the fridge. This way, when I woke up, I knew the exact day it would come. Sure enough, it came the same time, and I never shared it with anyone that I knew in advance. Quite frankly, I was surprised myself that the premonition was true. I'll tell you a quick experience now in order to give some credibility to my next dream, which in which I died. I used to believe that when you die in your dreams, you wouldn't wake up. I can tell you the full confidence now that luckily that isn't exactly true, at least not every time. In my dream, I was stabbed while fighting off an attacker with a knife. At first, I hadn't realized I died until I was literally looking over my body as they zipped up me in a body bag. Please forgive me, the uh, finer details are blurry, and I'm not sure of the exact transition, but somehow I ended up below the earth in what felt like a hotel room. I remember seeing long hallways with various doors. Granted, although I was below the earth, I didn't feel like I was in hell. There was a room at the end of the hall where everyone else was, and one man who was discussing what felt like an orientation, but of course I wasn't listening as intently as I should have because I honestly was still consumed by my own death. The only part I remember was him saying that uh, we could break up and go up to visit. He said we could eat if we wanted to, but that we didn't have to eat to survive anymore. Now it was just for habit. I chose to skip the meal and went up to the living world. I made it to my house and saw my sister fixing her hair in the bathroom. I tried so hard to get her attention, but nothing would work. All I could do was hug her. She didn't even react, though. That was when I heard talking from my room. I ran down the hall and saw my parents talking with a priest. They were very upset. I believe they were talking about what to do with my things. That's when I made eye contact with the priest. I knew he could hear me, so I began telling him what to tell my parents. He answered back to me, but he didn't move his lips. It was as though he was talking in my head to myself, but it definitely uh, was in his voice. He told me he couldn't tell them I was there because it was against the rules. The anger and not being able to communicate with my loved ones caused me to wake up. It was when I realized I was just dreaming. I know this story doesn't exactly share any real ghosts. However, I felt compelled to share it anyways. This dream really made me think about the afterlife and some of the details seemed interesting to ponder. Perhaps you guys could share what you think. Maybe someone listening who is also sensitive could let me know if they felt anything similar. Thank you so much for sharing my story on air. I really do appreciate what you all do, and I apologize for such a lengthy entry. Kenner. I could see there being like an orientation into death. I mean, when you you first die, I mean, somebody's got to tell you the ropes. We're such a, you know, uh, 
humans, and I'm assuming this carries over into death as ghost or whatever, mm-hmm. we're such... Uh, we're, we, communication is such a huge thing for us. I could not see as not somehow communicating, oh, here's what it's like, you know, mm-hmm. just like when you start a new job. Okay, that person's a pain, this person's nice, that person's helpful, but never make them mad. You know, something s- sort of like that. I see it kind of being like the muster drill on a ship. The what? <laughs> you know, the muster where they... Uh, okay, yeah they, yeah. they all, you know, either you go to the casino or to wherever, and then you have a very unenthusiastic person from the, the cruise line holding up a life vest, and it's like... And you do this and that, and then good luck. That's why I think you have a lot of ghosts. Because if there is the orientation, it's a shit orientation. <laughs> it's one of those where you're like, if this ship sinks, I don't know where the hell I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Everyone was talking. This is really poor instruction. And then you have all these ghosts. If that's if there is an orientation, that's, I think, what it's like. <laughs> I think it's still, it leaves you with a lot of questions. Well, yeah, because I would imagine most everybody that's going through the orientation still somewhat in shock that they're going through the orientation. Exactly. And that's what it's like on a ship. Most people getting on there are, are excited because they're on vacation. They're a little bit drunk and they're really not soaking in anything that's being told to them. I see. Yes. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Do they hand you uh, like a pina colada or anything? For God, a, I hope so. You know, because if any time a- anyone can can say, I really need a drink. I think it's right after you die. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I think that's the time, no matter what your case is, you can have a drink because it's like, oh shit, you're dead. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's do one more call before we wrap up the show for today. Good evening, fellow children of the night. My name is Todd and I'm calling from Eastern Kentucky. First of all, I want to commend you for an excellent podcast. I have enjoyed every single episode that I've heard so far. My story is really easy. It's one that starts roughly about 15 years ago when I began to seek a career for myself as a late teenager in my early 20s. A local cemetery was advertising that they were looking for help to uh, attend their family services department. Basically, we tended to at-need families who needed our services upon request and immediately. Part of my duties was to meet with the families uh, for the planning process of the burial of their loved one and also to follow up with them a couple of weeks after we've performed their services. On one occasion, there was a family, uh, a young couple, probably in their early 30s at the time, who the the man's mother had passed away. So we, or I should, I should say myself rather, went to follow up with the man a couple of weeks later to uh, do a quality assurance check and also to provide them with some memorial mementos as a way of saying thank you for choosing our, our cemetery. I, sh- I showed up to the house, and uh, the house was was a little bit run down. You could tell that they didn't take care of the home. I knocked on the door, and the gentleman answered. He'd been home alone by himself. He'd been crying and grieving still for the death of his mother. We went inside of his living room, and I had a seat on a uh, on a recliner 
and he sat in another recliner across the room from me. And where he was sitting, his recliner was sitting next to a, uh, a door that went into a bedroom. <clears throat> I should mention there's only one way in and one way out of this house. That's very important to this story. The, uh, that's the, that is the, the front entrance door uh, to the home. It was an older home, probably built back in the 1930s. Anyway, while we were sitting there, we began to talk about different memories of his mother and how he missed her and, and still felt that her spirit lingered with him. I sat there listening to him, providing what little bit of comfort I could. When he began to tell me about different paranormal experiences that he had been having in his home late, as of late. He was telling me that the house that, that, that we were in, that they were living in presently, had experienced a man who murdered uh, a couple uh, many, many years ago, and that also another old man had fallen dead for whatever reason in the uh, foyer of the home. So the home had experienced a number of tumultuous things in its past before they moved there. While we were talking, and I was talking to the gentleman and facing him, and he was facing me, I, I noticed a large white dog walk by the door. It, was, it looked like it was in the other room because it had passed by the door, and it was very large. It looked like, a, like an albino malamute or a husky or some large wolf or, or Alaskan-type Canine. It was very large, it was very fluffy, and it was wagging its tail and it walked by the door. Well, when we reached an awkward silence during our conversation, I asked him how long he had the white dog. And I asked him what the dog's name was. He said, We don't own any animals, we don't have any pets, we have a cat but it stays outside. And I said, well, I just saw a large white dog walk by the room and go into another room. He said, that's impossible. We don't have any pets in the house. All, he said, all we have is a cat and it's orange colored. There are no animals in here. So to ease both of our curiosity, we went into that bedroom and there was nothing in there. The bedroom also led into another room off to the side, which was the kitchen area. And there were no other doors inside there. Uh, there was no way in or out of those rooms except through the living room. And the only door available to enter into the premises was, was the front door. So he said, well, he said, I, I know you're not crazy, because I've been seeing weird things as well. And that was the first and only time that I have ever seen uh, uh, visual or physical evidence of some sort of paranormal activity in, uh, in my career. Uh, I'm no longer in, in the uh, cemetery business. I quit not too long after that because of a number of other paranormal experiences that I had when I transitioned to working 
in the funeral home. But I'll save that for another time. Again, wonderful show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for the call. We want to hear your other stories. Oh, yes. Nothing's better than a good funeral home story. Yeah, and a very articulate, good call, good story. We'd love to hear more of yours. That, that was very good. Um, gosh, what do you think of that? I wonder what the significance of the dog was. I mean, I know, obviously, he and the person he was talking to, neither one knew of anything. Cause he, he didn't say, like, oh, well, we used to have a dog or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder why it was a big white dog, if that was a dog that used to live there or, I don't know. or what. It's almost like sometimes animals can be symbolism, and I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know what, if that's tying into it some way, shape, or form or what, but... Um, very interesting when you see a dog and, and he thought nothing of it you know until he mentioned the oh, what type of dog you got there we don't got a dog so it wasn't like an apparition dog it looked like it was there right you know that's that's very very interesting you know I wonder how often um, folks who work in uh, funeral homes and the cemetery business get the paranormal stories from folks who are grieving um, you know, who are saying that they're seeing or hearing their loved ones. If that's a common occurrence, you know? I don't know. You know, I... There's something about... And I mean this in the best way possible, but there's something about people that work in funeral homes or, or that are around death a lot. Mm-hmm. When you're in that situation they are some of the easiest people to talk to and I'm sure they hear all kinds of stories so I wonder how often they hear of well I knew they were dead before I got the call because they came to see me or Mm -hmm. you know I've been seeing grandma in the kitchen two or three times so I don't know yeah where you know because you're you're in such a state where you know you're very vulnerable so either one of two things happens you you tend to open up more than you should be opening up to uh, essentially mm-hmm. a complete stranger or you don't say enough and you're very difficult to get information out of or to retain information so and then as a funeral person or the cemetery person i, I would imagine it'd be a little bit too hard to decipher to what is a ghostly story and what's not just because the person's in such a, a tough state at that moment in time you know we're you know, you could be experiencing things and it could just be your emotions and really you're not actually yeah. experiencing something paranormal. It's just you're in such a, a bad place. Um, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to hear if there's more funeral uh, employees uh, and, uh, and and cemetery employees who have who can answer that question for us. I, I think that's, uh, that'd be interesting. They're such good listeners. I'm sure they have some really yeah. good stories. I'd love to hear that. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. Two real ghost stories online. We would love to hear your stories. Of course, you can always write in as well on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. If you've not done so yet, help support the show and keep it alive. You do that by becoming an EPP. EPPs, it's five bucks a month, or you can do 10 or 15. It's completely up to you. Whatever you feel the show is worth to you on a monthly basis, you decide that. We will send you a free podcast, an extra podcast, exclusively for our EPPs, a bonus episode every single week. It equates to 52 extra episodes a year uh, to our EPPs. That's a thank you for helping support the show, keeping the community alive, because we could not do this show or continue to do this show without you, because we got a lot of hard costs to uh, to do this show. And uh, your, uh, your small donation there really 
helps out as the community comes together to keep the show afloat. So please, uh, please help us out there if you would. Uh, there you go. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.